Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into the menu. (laughs) (laughs) It feels so perfect to our interests and what we should be talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Say the amount of times that, I mean, alone on the pod that we've talked about food and our, you know, food podcast that one day we'll start. (laughs) Yeah. It just seems like the perfect tie-in. Yeah. And you've yourself started going to Michelin star restaurants. I have not. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And and just to be clear, it was a one Michelin star restaurant because I cannot (laughs) afford any more than that. (laughs) Which I was, I don't know if I would say I was shocked to find out, but, you know, I have my own new feelings of fine dining that we might talk about in this episode. It would be the perfect opportunity to exactly (laughs) well this movie isn't exactly david lynch or jane austen but it does have anya taylor joy who was in emma so (laughs) (laughs) jane austen (laughs) tie-in and the cinematographer is uh peter deming who Mm, was mm. david or one of who is david lynch's most recent Cinemat- I won't say most. I mean, he's been his cinematographer for a while, but none of the movies we've covered so far has he been a cinematographer. Right. It's before. been probably like post Twin Peaks. Yeah. I don't of. know if Straight Story, perhaps, but I didn't look that one up specifically. And also, I wonder if uh, Ralph Fiennes has been any Jane Austen. He seems mm, like he the type. Does. So why does. not? exactly i was like if it's a british actor they've gotta have been in something jay austin so i'm sure it's all over this movie really when you look at it definitely definitely oh well let's start with first impressions because we both we've both seen it now twice but we just watched it like within the last week or so (laughs) yes yeah uh, i watched it the first time last night and second time today so it's very fresh (laughs) in my mind I really enjoyed it. It was not necessarily what I was expecting. I was expecting like a horror movie, like, oh, nefarious, like executive chef guy who's blah, blah. But it seemed a little bit more meta, more heady Mm -hmm. than I thought it was going to be, which was really cool. And I really liked everyone in it. Yeah. Strangely enough, my favorite character was not well, Ani Taylor Jory is Lillian Bloom, who is played by, oh God, that's her name. Let me see. She's played by Janet McTeer, who I know uh-huh. from Ozark. I just thought she was so funny. And <laughs> I just love her in everything she does, but it's just very funny movie, very silly, very crazy movie, which I really like. I didn't know what to uh-huh. expect. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was kind of expecting, I kept saying, where you are on the menu, because I assumed <laughs> yeah. they were all going to get eaten at the end. it wasn't what i expected i liked it because it definitely has like a cool like experimental vibe which you know i definitely love Mm -hmm. the first time i watched it i kept thinking is this a play is this a play it does kind of give a play vibe because it all (laughs) takes place in the same room basically and it's a bunch of like couples seated at tables and (laughs) it might as well be turned into a play because right it would be so easy. But also, the second time I watched it, I kept thinking, I wish this was a play because, and I'm sure my, I'll be able to work out my opinions of it as I go along, <laughs> but I kind of felt like, because it was kind of felt more like an intellectual exercise than, mm-hmm. you know, like a story. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I feel like that works really well in the theater world. It's really the only oh, kind yeah. of theater I really like. <laughs> yeah. And I just think as a play, when you're talking about theater, you're like, it's like a singular vision, you know, and it's mostly mm-hmm. the playwright who kind of like, you know, states how the play is going to be. Right. And it kind of, I don't know, I feel like it could have benefited from a little more like, you know, this is exactly what I'm trying to say, because it kind of felt mm-hmm. like we don't really have a firm stance on what we're trying to say. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as you know, I I feel like I, I I've not really worked... I wouldn't say I even worked really any food service industry because the little food and service industry I did was so specific because it was a pizza place. It wasn't like a sit down restaurant or even a fast food restaurant, but I feel like I'm so I make myself tapped into like the service industry world and like what people are 
you know, complaining about like workers who actually work in these fine dining restaurants and who uh-huh. deal with crazy customers and crazy bosses and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe this movie was made for those people, especially like it'll be like for people who are in the know, it's so obvious, like w- what the movie is trying to say. I think it like you get really? it. from. I, I think so. Think it's obvious at all. I feel like if well, what do you think it is? I think, well, I think like the very baseline, the, the movie, the message of the movie is that like the idea of fine dining now as it is, is like, so it's like pretty much unobtainable. It's not fun really, because everything is so cold. Everything is so like prim and proper in a more modern way. And Uh it's just, it's not fun. Like food uh-huh. is supposed to be fun, and there and there are a lot of aspects that go into fine dining, which are all the different types of diners that you have. Like especially like the Tyler aspect of it, who's kind of like the foodie guy who thinks who wants everyone to know that he knows a lot about food and thinks he knows best, but clearly has no training. And so it's people like that who kind of ruin the mysticism that used to be about like what fine dining is. That like oh, it's like it's art, and it doesn't feel as like fun art anymore it just feels a little bit more like stoic and i mean i can definitely see that as an aspect of what's in the movie but like i don't know i just had a lot of issues like i felt like it was a cult i thought yeah i I was watching with a friend who was like who do you think the villain is i'm like it is the head chef clearly he is oh yeah psychopath definitely Definitely. i think that's that's also a comment (laughs) that the movie makes Oh, for sure. For sure. Especially like knowing, hearing all these things about fine dining executive chefs nowadays, like all the sexual harassment, all the sexual assault, all like the verbal and abuse and even physical abuse that you hear about in restaurants. Right. But like the staff is just as horrible because they know what's coming. Oh, yeah. They planned this whole thing. And, but oh, yeah. one of the diners who are supposedly like the villains to them are bad. Like... Tyler is just someone who really loves him so much. The other are his best customers. It's like the lady who made his career. I'm like, what? And the other one is just a movie star. I'm like, why are you killing these people? <laughs> well, I, I, I will say, I think the movie star and his, uh, I would say, I think it never is like explicitly explained, but I think it's his assistant, Felicity. I think they were brought in more as like a comedic effect because he was basically <laughs> killing them because he was like, your movie I saw on my one day off in months was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And I fucking hated it so much. <laughs> and then like, basically she's only being murdered because she went, she's rich and <laughs> went to Brown on with no student <laughs> loans and whatever. Like, it's not like a, obviously no one, has a legitimate reason to be killed <laughs> because he shouldn't kill people. But well, um, obviously, but like even his reasonings is like they, yeah, none of them harmed you in any way. Even like the guys who stole money from the guy who mm-hmm. was his angel investor, who all he ever did was suggest that he put something different on the menu. <laughs> I don't really, you know, yeah, they had nothing to do with that. <laughs> right. Well, I think uh, they're involvement i think it was that they were scamming their customers out of money they were creating fake invoices and Mm, taking money from customers i mean you know obviously no one should be killed like that right right, right. i mean i think and i think that's a a thing that the movie kind of is touching on is like even like the people who are sort of in a way being framed to be the good guys like the kitchen and the chef are they're all like they're all bad people they're all part of the process of being bad people so <laughs> I, mean, I just don't think the other one the most of them didn't seem like that bad of people they just seem rich and i just don't think that's enough <laughs> yeah why well, I, I, I maybe we <laughs> at least get, the women <laughs> yeah yeah i would say for most of the women i don't feel like they should be killed i don't think anyone should be killed but maybe we can get <laughs> well, into like we'll just preface that I'll yeah like, don't think anyone should be killed <laughs> yeah <laughs> no one there should never be anyone killed but um we're way ahead of ourselves anyway <laughs> yeah i think we can kind of get maybe into the more specifics of why this movie yeah. brought these people in when we do the recap because then we could talk about like specific things that are brought up yeah definitely sorry i got no <laughs> no no no. i think it's i was thinking this is why i was excited to talk about it because i was like there's so much i feel like there's so much thing so many things that the movie is trying to say 
Um, and it's also like kind of feels like a little eye rolly to kind of analyze the movie because then it's like, I feel like the movie is trying to talk about that too. So. I think it's also, it's written, the people who wrote it are Seth Reese and will tracy i guess Mm -hmm. we're just going ahead and getting into notes but um they are there's they're mostly like political satire writers like they wrote for Um, succession they write for like uh the daily show or some you know things like that Mm -hmm. and it's produced by will ferrell and you can tell that it's trying to be a black comedy and i kept thinking the whole time like if david lynch had directed this it would be like full of way more slapstick (laughs) oh yeah i think there would be a lot more humor Uh, yeah i feel like i could get the comedy but i just never quite like got as funny as i was you know wanting it well you know as like a david it it never reached the david lynch levels to me (laughs) yeah well i think it i totally now it makes a little more sense to me too that it's succession writers wrote this too because i but succession is probably like one of my all-time favorite shows and the the comedy in that is very similar to this where it's a little absurdist and Mm -hmm. a little more earnest in its absurdity and so i totally i totally get why it was like not slapsticky enough yeah and the director i think also is he directed some of the succession (laughs) as well as uh game of thrones and some other stuff but mark mylod interesting okay and then the rest of the cast we have Ralph Fiennes as Chef Slowick. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy as Margot. Queen. Nicholas Holt as Tyler. The worst. Hong Chao as Elsa. Oh, she was so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had real problems with her too. And I had a oh, lot for of sure. questions at the end. <laughs> I was like, is there something secret going on here that, you know, you really have to watch it five times to figure out? But mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Janet McTeer as Lillian. And Paul Adelstein, or Adelstein, as Ted. John Leguizamo as movie star. (laughs) (laughs) Amy Carrero as Felicity. And I actually know who she is because she's been on Critical Role, but also she's like Ah. the voice of She-Ra and Elena of Avalor. (laughs) Right. I forgot about that. That's crazy. (laughs) Then Reed Bernie is Richard and Judith Light is Anne. Also Rebecca Kuhn as Linda, who I think is the mom. Yes. Rob Yang as Bryce. Arturo Castro as Soren. Mark St. Cyr as David. Kier? Cyr? C-Y-R. I think it's Cyr because I think of Sarah now. Okay. Peter Gross as Sommelier and... Oh, okay. There, there's a couple more. I won't get into all the kitchen, but Christina Brucato is Catherine, who serves the female course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam Alderks is Jeremy, who is the uh, the chef. first the first sous chef. <laughs> the most traumatic moment of the movie. Oh yeah. And well, I guess there's only like five more, so I might as well say John Paul Allen as the boat waiter, Mel Fair as boatman. Christian Gonzalez as server number one and Matt, uh, Matthew Cornwell as Dale. Oh, and John Wilkins the third as server number two. There's a lot of people obviously <laughs> not credited. <laughs> on at least on IMDb, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was looking at the trivia section and, mm-hmm. oh, well, first let me say the taglines. Ooh, <laughs> I love a tagline. One is, wonderful surprises await you. Oh, await you all. Mm-hmm. Wonderful surprises await you all. And painstakingly prepared, brilliantly executed. <laughs> Interesting. Kind of, <laughs> I will say the trivia is fine up until you get to the point where there's spoiler warnings. And then it's just people theorizing things. And I'm like, mm. that is not a trivia. Could you get right. this out <laughs> Put this in the, uh, what's it called? The review section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so one of the most interesting things I found, Will Tracy, one of the screenwriters, came up with the idea for the story when he was on his honeymoon in Norway and they took a boat to a fancy restaurant. And while Mm. he was there, he was thinking, 
where i mean we can be killed nobody knows we're here we're like <laughs> in this restaurant there's no cell phone service and that was where the idea for it came that's cool <laughs> and apparently the director liked to give all the actors like a freebie take after their initial take oh that's cool and that's where uh the taco tuesday line came from <laughs> <laughs> oh here's a cool one the food layouts were prepared mm-hmm. by renowned french chef dominique Crenn, the <gasps> only female chef in the u.s to attain three michelin stars for her restaurant atelier mm-hmm. Crenn. yep and queer Francisco. female she's a lesbian Ooh. though many of the cast and crew were often tempted to taste the delicacies between takes they had to be reminded that the food items were predominantly props and thus inedible <laughs> very good props though <laughs> <laughs> well i mean none of the food looked all that apparently honestly and that might have been part of the point but but originally john leguizamo's character did have a name george diaz but they just referred to a movie star movie star because <laughs> he's washed up <laughs> and apparently he based the character off of steven seagal oh. he, he says he called him a horrible human due to a bad experience <laughs> i've heard plenty of those experiences from other people too so <laughs> <laughs> one of the coolest things which i had to look it up soon as it started i was like is this in jacksonville because it looks I mean, oh, yeah. has, like we have a big Talbot Island, which has all the driftwood yes! and the, you know, the, it looks just like the end, like, you know, down by Hexer, like, mm-hmm. like, is that the intercoastal or I, I think it's, it's like marshland. Called... Yeah. Like, it's, it's a little marshy beachy. It's Jekyll Island, which is uh, only a similar. few hours north of us. So very similar. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar. But <laughs> I did put that in my notes that when they got to that scene, I put big Talbot Island. <laughs> I, know. I was like, wait, where is this? <laughs> okay, now also, here's another really interesting one I found. Um, I mean, they're all in the trivia, but I also found it separately, but I'll just say the trivia version. <laughs> so there was a restaurant. It was based on a bunch of different restaurants. I'm interested to see if I know. One of which was the Willows Inn on Lumi Island in Washington mm. State. And it had been reported on that there was allegations of sexual harassment and lawsuits claiming mm. wage theft. And also, I can't, oh, I don't know, maybe it was a different fact. One, Some restaurant ended up closing, maybe because this movie was coming out and they were like, it's a little too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I don't know if it was that one. I feel like that one, from what I'm reading, seems like it was closed before and it was an inspiration mm. for it. But obviously, it's a problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. We could talk about that, definitely. Because I've heard a lot of stuff. I will, I will say, the, <laughs> the more I hear about fine dining, the less I want to work at it. <laughs> it seems horrible. Yeah. The chef, Slowick, m- nod to Gordon Ramsay, like, mm-hmm. kind of based on him, too. Mm, I've heard stories. <laughs> a lot of these are like, look, she's doing this thing from the whole time. I'm like, this is something you're putting on the movie. I mean, maybe it's there, but. <laughs> right. She is doing this thing, but the inference is putting on it. <laughs> yeah. The final course was also inspired by the chef who was Eli, Eliane, Eli, Alinea, Alinea, mm-hmm. the restaurant that the chef who prepared all the food it was based on chef's table oh, i'm uh-huh. watching it with my friend who is a butcher who but also like a chef and mm-hmm. she was like you gotta watch chef's table this is exactly like chef's table <laughs> oh yeah yeah i love chef's table there are a, there are a lot of good episodes i think her restaurant was featured on it where they paint oh. the table not the ground oh yes the table yes with the final dessert yeah yes yes i have heard about that yes <laughs> Okay, well, that's all. (laughs) Cool. Well, let's get into the recap. We have lots to talk about. (laughs) I know, this is going to be a long episode. I have so much to say. (laughs) I know, I well, was... they didn't take very many notes, personally. 
I was uh when I was doing the notes, I was like, I feel like I'm writing too much. I'm gonna have to paraphrase. <laughs> there was just so much going on. All right. Can I say watching it yes. the second time was very different for me because mm, me too. I was annoyed with everyone right off the bat as opposed to <laughs> taking like half the movie. <laughs> I know. I was the first time I was like, ooh, we're like this is gonna be like a because I had just watched Glass Onion a couple weeks ago and I was like, we're going to get like everyone's personalities, like everyone's yeah. going to be an archetype, whatever. So I was like looking to see who everyone uh-huh. was. But the second time I was like, I know you're all pieces of shit for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I don't care about that. I'm going to look for everything. Yeah. Okay. So we open up on a dock. Two people are waiting and find out that the woman there is named Margo and she lights up a cigarette. And the guy, whose name is Tyler, sort of immediately scolds her for doing so, saying that it'll ruin her palate. Um, and she doesn't seem very, <laughs> she doesn't seem to care much about that, but <laughs> she puts it out. And then we hear a boat horn and it pulls up to the dock and there's like multiple cars, like multiple black cars pulling up and people are getting out. There's all sorts of types of people walking to the boat. And like we said, they all have their own archetype. Uh-huh. And then we see this one woman who walks down and Tyler starts fangirling over her, says that her name is Lillian Bloom. And we can kind of infer that she's a food critic. Hmm. And she put whoever they're going, she put them on the map or something. Right, 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 right. And so they all board the boat. uh, And then Margot recognizes one of the passengers from movies she watched as a kid. So we know that he's an actor. And then... They're welcomed with a dish on the boat with a raw oyster. It has like lemon pearls on top and like some sort of foam stuff. And Tyler's very excited by it. Seems very pretentious (laughs) to me, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) Margot seems like a little bit less than zealous to eat it, but she does. Yeah. And they're not like people you want to hang out with, but I'm, they're not like bad people. No, no, (laughs) I, I will say I was very annoyed with Tyler from the get-go, but he I was, was very annoying. But I was not, I didn't hate him yet because he yeah. does get hateful. Yeah. Second time around, you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you I pick up you on had it. to pay someone to go on a date with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they eat it. And then Margaret kind of throws in a comment saying that she likes these types of oysters better. And but yeah. she likes them without all the frou-frou stuff on top. Exactly. And then he says the word <laughs> mouthfeel, which is, you know, <laughs> Not a fun word for me either. I completely <laughs> agree with Margot. Don't ever say that. <laughs> but then we see the boat pull up to the island. The passengers start disembarking. They check check in at a, like a host stand where we meet the hostess. Her name's Elsa, played by Hong Chao. And this is where we learn that Tyler is supposed to bring someone else named Miss Westervelt, mm-hmm. which kind of throws things off for the hostess and Margot. They're, it's a very awkward moment, but you know whatever you can they let her come in anyways <laughs> what are they gonna do <laughs> exactly they, they brought her to an and island i have a suspicion that they might have known oh that really she might be showing up or that not the original person or you know just some random oh. because well i don't want to get get too far ahead of myself <laughs> well let's put a pin in it because yeah I'm I I when the re- reveal happens with Tyler, I'll, that's all I'll say at the towards later on. We could talk about it because I have some thoughts too. Okay. Okay. You haven't seen say. I was just well. Have we talked about them going around the island? Because I was gonna say something about that. Well, I just the next one. Okay. Okay. So they go on a tour of the island, which I wrote looks like Big Talbot Island, and yeah. <laughs> they're on the beach, and then they go to the smokehouse, and it's like. Very, you know, like it's a smokehouse. We do it the traditional Nordic tradition, <laughs> uh, blah, blah, blah. And that it seems like the methods they're using are very precise. And then one of these three, they're like Wall Street bros. He kind of like is a dick and makes like a joke like, oh, like what if this aged meat is served one day past the days that you said? And she quickly lets him know that it <laughs> will have bacteria that will make its way basically to the spinal cord and kill them. My thought was... Well, first, first off, I was like, second watch through. I'm like, why, mm. why do you have meat in there? <laughs> what are you, what are you gonna do mm. with it? <laughs> Is it just gonna sit there? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems weird that because, well, I guess uh, I don't know. I don't think none of the menu descriptions we got during the film said aged meat, so I don't think they even used it. So yeah, it's just, yeah. it just does seem like a waste. <laughs> but 
But also, I was wondering, plus they have a lot of animals on that island. Yeah. This tour made me think, I think even the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, is this a cult? Because they all live here. (laughs) And then later we find out that they were basically closed for like the two years of COVID, but like kept afloat. And I'm like, well, that's definitely when this whole idea was born. (laughs) And you've been planning it for like three years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's also a comment that the movie makes with Tyler and with all the people who work there is that certain types of fine dining restaurants can get very culty and like the Mm. executive chefs can be very idolized, even though like, you know, they're normal people and sometimes really bad people. And so I think that's probably an element to it why everyone was going along with this whole idea of what is it's it's uh, you know the entire thing is fucked up basically yeah i definitely think they're all a cult oh yeah in yeah. a way <laughs> they've become in a way, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay so next part they enter like the living quarters of the staff at the restaurant mm. we find out they live on the island and it mm. gives off like a very like you said <laughs> cults like a military bunker vibe like there's no privacy there's like open showers and beds in a line it's very creepy yeah and everything's like a cream or like a white <laughs> it's very <laughs> but basically the elsa goes through like all these things that they do there they live there they gel like then she ends with like they j- we gel here or like we gel it and then margo whispers to tyler like they gel and clearly <laughs> was not as quiet as she thought he was because elsa screams at her we gel <laughs> <laughs> and so clearly knowing what was going to happen i was like margo was not doing herself any favors well honestly she she didn't know, but, you know. I feel like Elsa was like, I, I the second time I was like, Elsa feels bad that she's here. And I thought she was being mean to her and snobby the first time, but she actually seemed like she was being, oh yeah, know, like. A little bit like, fuck, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Damn, you weren't on the menu. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely a second watch through, I totally picked up on that too. And I was like, you can kind of like, look at the looks and certain comments. You're like, oh, they kind of feel bad. Yeah. And then one of the Wall Street guys who I wrote, like, kind of speaks to like how like rude they are. He's like sitting on one of the beds. And I was like, that's someone's bed. Don't sit on them with your outside clothes. It's disgusting. No one will ever be in that bed again. <laughs> exactly. Now that now that you know, <laughs> you find out the end, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but he asks if they ever get burnt out. And she says that they never burn anything there. Another culty nod. And uh, foreshadowing. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But they eventually make their way to the restaurant space, the dining room, and they pass, before they get there, they pass by like this large wooden house and we find out it's the executive chef's house and Tyler asks if they can go in, which is crazy. And (laughs) the uh, Elsa says that no one's allowed in, so no. Except for she walks right in there later too. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, she thought, you know, she had some craziness going on in her head <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah even more Let's so than that <laughs> yeah that's great i need the sun to go down <laughs> yeah seriously we're gonna pick up so they enter the restaurant and they start taking their seats and we can kind of see it's an open kitchen concept so you can see right into everything and we see like there's an entire staff in the kitchen they're creating powders and using smokes you know all this crazy stuff and we see like one of the guests who's like an older man with his wife he like spots Margot and then quickly asks to change seats so that he, he could quote unquote face the kitchen. And mm-hmm. it's a very weird moment. And it's like, okay, I wrote, I'll put that away for later. Right. And so as they take their seats, they're kind of weirder when you find out what the reason is. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, ugh, you're gross. But as they take their seats, Elsa says like, you know, no pictures allowed basically. And then immediately Tyler is, going up to like this ledge that looks into the kitchen and brings Margo with him and immediately starts bothering people who are working and trying to like impress her with his knowledge of like, Oh, I know what made that. <laughs> it's like when you go to a show and you walk up to the orchestra pit and look down at the people mm-hmm. <laughs> warming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're using a viola this time instead of this. And it's very that, <laughs> but as he's trying to like show off, the chef kind of catches him off guard by knowing his name. And Tyler asks if the head chef's around and he tells him that maybe he should take his seat because they're about to begin. It's a very <laughs> awkward moment. There's some tension there. Tyler's 
the only one um, who really knows what all is going on, truly, too, as well. I exactly. Mean, like, of the diners. Yeah, definitely. And I think that adds to his. Yeah. I feel like I I feel bad because like should I not be spoiling it but you know we're we're doing a recap so hopefully yeah, yeah, it yeah. Once. but like I, also I feel yeah. like watching it the second time definitely added a whole different layer so I feel like I have to like, oh yeah talk about it kind of from that oh yeah yeah no you should definitely watch it before you listen to this podcast episode because <laughs> but then also after you listen to it maybe rewatch it because you do pick up on stuff. Yeah. But Tyler and Mario take their seats. And then we see the executive chef enter and starts, we see him talking with Elsa and he sort of angrily looks towards Margo and Tyler. You can't really hear what's going on, but you can see Margo is like a little bit spooked by it. Mm-hmm. And then, so this is where we get our first dish. It's not our first course. It's our amuse bouche, a little appetizer. And it's a dish of compressed and pickled cucumber melon, milk snow, and charred lace. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's very pretty, but, you know, it's very I'm typical. I'm not a big melon fan. <laughs> oh, I, and yeah. tiny little melon balls seems like... <laughs> a lot of work for not a lot of food. <laughs> but, like, the way it's constructed, it has, like, this little circular lace on top. But it's just mm-hmm. very typical. Like, what you think of when you think of fine dining. Uh-huh. Very, very common. But as they start to eat, we kind of move around the room, listening in on different conversations. And then we see Margot take off her jacket and just let it like slide in the back of her chair. But <laughs> clearly Elsa is a little bit, I don't know if she's on edge because Margot's there or whatever, but she grabs the jacket and like, what, like straightens it out really loudly and quickly behind her and scares her. See, this is my thing because later... Mm-hmm. <sighs> Should I just go ahead and talk about it? I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> because later when they have their conflict, mm-hmm. she's afraid that she's trying to take over her spot, which makes yeah. me feel like something like this might have happened in the past. Not specifically this, but like, mm-hmm. is this, I don't know. I feel like she's supposed to be there. Like someone is supposed to play the part mm. of person to call for help, you know? Oh, see. Because that's part of the show as well yeah 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 i wonder and if do maybe... they want someone to survive to be able to tell the tale because what good is it if it right. just all goes up in flames right that's a good point and then also it's like <laughs> you know the idea that they couldn't help but let someone live to tell the story instead of just letting it be what it was and like yeah, a little bit like speaking to their the ego <laughs> you're just gonna yeah right the ephemeral nature is one thing but like You still want someone to look at it and enjoy it, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway. (laughs) Hmm, Something to think about. Something to think about. Uh, So after the whole jacket incident, we go back to the table of the movie star and Felicity. And we find out that she works, or at least as of right now, used to work for him. She's trying to quit at the table and is handing over all her stuff to him that he doesn't (laughs) want it and... I feel the worst for her, but I also feel that they are the least necessary. I mean, both of them are completely arbitrary. He has no reason to want either of them to be there. And (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad for her because she's like literally trying to quit her job while she's there. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. I I would say out of all the people who don't make it out, I feel the the most bad for her. Yeah, definitely. Because it feels like... But I, I feels feel like, like her... y'all could leave and I wouldn't notice your absence in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <least>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say they have probably the smaller parts. I just, Definitely. you know, yeah. There were like a few that I was just like, I'm... But whatever. <laughs> we go to the Wall Street bros table and we can see that the relationships are probably a more surface level. And we find out one of them cheated on his wife with her co-worker, which is speaks to the type of people they are they all have that little boy look to them too oh yeah yeah like that's what they are kids play <laughs> adult <boys>. things you know <laughs> yeah they toast they toast together to work and money gross and then joke about how terrible they are that someone should shoot them which second watching was like <laughs> well <laughs> yeah i'm wait. like you guys all know you're problematic <laughs> exactly and then back at margo and tyler's table Tyler's going on about the dish and then he kind of 
she asks him like, what's the deal with food? And he kind of goes with this long speech about how all other art is garbage because chefs work with the materials of life. And it's very pretentious, very annoying. And <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> That's all to say. <laughs> but what does he do? Is, does he just like work for a magazine or something? Or he runs a magazine? Tyler? Oh, Tyler. I thought you were talking Tyler. about the, the other guy. Sorry. No, no, no. That's, that's Ted. <laughs> Ted. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right. So then they get ready for their first official course. And Chef Slowick, uh, we see him tasting a sauce and says that they're ready. And as they're, they start assembling this dish on like a rock, almost. It's very tweezer-friendly <laughs> dish. And to start service, Slowick claps very loudly and has like a little speech. Mm-hmm. Which he does over and over again. <laughs> he very much in this first one was like, I'm justifying myself, but I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> that happens here means anything anyway, so why bother? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's this long speech about how the only thing that matters is what happens outside this restaurant because of nature. Mm. And okay. <laughs> Um, but the this is called the island. It's made up of plants from around the island placed on a rock with a scallop at the very top. And it's coated in a thin frozen layer of seawater. Because it has salt in it, it'll start like seasoning the components as it melts, which I think is like a really cool idea. But like hearing it explained out loud, I was rolling my eyes. <laughs> I was like, is there a rock on their table? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so far they've had one oyster, one scallop, and like six tiny millimoles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we see as he's explaining it, Tyler's whispering to Margo and it annoys Slowick and he sort of calls him out, quickly moves on and finishes up and t- <laughs> Tyler's loving the speech and starts crying. And I wrote in all caps, the worst. And Margo's clearly, she's she's the, the avatar for the audience. She's very like annoyed by it. She's like, this is such bullshit. Yeah, because I mean, he is just insulting them the whole time exactly yeah None she's like this. whatever <laughs> it's supposed to be like i mean maybe this one is like but the, i guess yeah yeah but then um uh she's kind of shocked to see tyler's crying and then he, he takes another picture of the food which he's not supposed to do <sighs> but then he knows perfectly well it won't matter <laughs> yeah we definitely get in this course to get to see like the big cracks in Tyler because Margo starts to talk about a restaurant experience, but he like interrupts her and asks, asks if she thinks Slowik is mad at him. And she's like, why do you care? And basically he's like, I want to like him to like be impressed by it. And she's like, whatever. <laughs> and then we move over to Lillian Bloom's table. Who's the food critic. And she's talking to, I would guess either like the owner of the magazine or her and her friend or something. His name is Ted. And she's talking about what she thinks of the dish and she doesn't see, she seems very annoyed that it's like a tweezer-y kind of dish, but then calls it philastic, referring to some like ocean deity, which is, <laughs> it's all very pretentious. She could have just said what she ends up saying at the end, that it tastes like the ocean. Uh-huh. But I was like, oh, that's a cool word though. Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason I heard philastic and it, my mind went to phallic and I thought that was the joke, but then I was like, wait, phallic doesn't have an S. Yeah. Luckily, we watched it with subtitles on last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> Go to the movie star table. They talk about a pitch he has for a travel show, and she hates it. And then she makes a funny comment about, I don't think you could even go to South Africa with a DUI. <laughs> like, okay. And then we go to the Wall Street table and they make a very annoying comment, like very loudly about how, like, I've had better shellfish than this up for my home chef. And then... And then we make it to this older couple's table where they're kind of eating in silence. They're very waspy. Mm-hmm. And then we get second course. He claps again and he gives a speech about bread and how long it's been around and that it's for the common man. It's oh, kind of been really insulting. <laughs> oh yeah. This is like the most obvious one. And this is where things start to turn a little bit and how like bread is like peasant food. But since these people are not the common man, they get no bread. And the second course is a breadless bread plate with savory accompaniments. And Tyler thinks it's genius, but everyone else is kind of like, think it's a joke. And then we kind of gather that. Except for John Leguizamo, who's like, this is just really good. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Have you tried this non-bread accoutrements? (laughs) (laughs) These little sauces are really good. Um, Then we find out that the restaurant's kind of known for their bread and how good it is. And so everyone's kind of annoyed that we're not getting bread but then we get to like the bloom the bloom table and 
They seem to really like his explanation, but Elaine points out that one of the emulsions seems to be split uh, on one of the accompaniments, and you can see that Slowik overhears. And Margot sort of lets Tyler know that he is dumb for liking it because Slowik is insulting them, but Tyler doesn't see it that way. Very annoying. And he says the meal is a story. <sighs> and at the loom table, we hear that Lillian makes her own bread, but in the peasant style, which essentially means regular bread. It's just rich people way of saying, I make normal bread at home. <laughs> and she makes her own yeast from apples, very pretentious. But then we see Elsa carrying this giant bowl over to the table. And she lets Lillian know that Slowik has sent a large bowl of broken emulsion for her. Clearly letting her know that he overheard. They're so petty. It's like you're already yeah. <laughs> doing this elaborate thing in order to murder all these guests and you're exactly petty on top of it. Oh my God, come on. I guess <laughs> I guess it's like, why not? We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> why just tell them sooner what's happening? <laughs> exactly. They have to um, wait for the sun to go down. Well, no. The theater, theatrics. <laughs> at the Wall Street table, they call over Elsa and they say that everything's great, but they'd like some bread, please. And some gluten-free bread for one of them, please, which is annoying. But Elsa just says, no. And then <laughs> they try and pull the, you know who we are card. And she says, of course we do. We know who everyone is. But she doesn't care. And she tells them, no bread. <laughs> And then they try and like dismiss her and be like, well, whatever, we'll be fine. But then she goes to fix one of their napkins on their lap. And while she's doing it, she whispers in his ear, you will eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. And he's very scared. <laughs> she's pretty scary. She is. But I like her a lot. <laughs> Even though she's crazy. Tyler asks Margot if she's going to eat her sauces. And she says no. And he tries to take her plate, but he knocks over a wine glass, causes a big commotion. Then Slowik comes over and starts grilling Margot over not eating anything, but she doesn't back down. She kind of like goes head to head with him and sort of like messes around with him and says that she'll decide when and what she eats. And as he walks away, Tyler says that he's really embarrassed and she's kind of pissed off by that because why? And then we see Slowik go over to the, there's like the singular older woman sitting there drinking wine and he puts his forehead to hers and we don't know who she is yet. That's creepy. Very creepy. <laughs> now the third course. And then they see Mark, this older couple sees Margot staring at them. And the wife asks where they know her from and that she looks like Claire. We kind of get the inference that Claire is maybe their daughter who's not alive anymore. But the or husband left. Or at least left. They don't have contact with her, whether she's alive or dead, basically. Uh-huh. But the husband's very rude, shuts her down, kind of puts her down too. It's very rude. And then at the movie star table, we see... We see why Felicity's leaving. She has a development job. And then Slowik kind of interrupts everyone about a childhood memory that inspired the dish. And then we see that this older woman drinking is actually his mother. And the memory that he's using for inspiration is when his father tried to kill her in front of him. And the only way he stopped was because he stabbed his dad in the leg with kitchen shears. Which comes back. Yep. <laughs> he gets stabbed in the leg later. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of callbacks. And why would you want to eat a chicken thigh with a pair of scissors in it when you've just heard that story? <laughs> exactly. Well, also, it's like, it's introduced as house smoked breast chicken thigh. And I was like, is it breast or is it thigh? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused. But then we get tortillas too. And he's updated them by saying that they have images burned onto them and it's very we find out they're very personalized but they're only for really like one person at the table or you know if when you're talking about the bros they are all in the same situation but like yeah that's why i've started to feel bad for all the like plus ones (laughs) (laughs) who don't have their own personalized this guy or this guy it's not about the ladies they brought with them (laughs) right well like the movie star table is like a movie that he did and has nothing to do with Felicity. Right. The Bloom Table <laughs> has only thing to do with Lillian and its restaurant she's reviewed. Exactly. The and older the couple. the other one is, well, it's them, I think, eating at the restaurant throughout the, the years. The older couple? Uh-huh. Well, one of them says happy anniversary, but then like one of them is like of the oh, older right. guy with another woman at a table. I don't know if it's at this restaurant or another one, but clearly. Right. You know, he has been cheating. 
And I was like, I didn't know watching it a second time. I was like, is that other woman Margot? Because we find out it's not a very good picture, obviously, to tell. But I was like, interesting. It could be, but I feel like it's probably something he's done many times, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably at this restaurant. Exactly. Which is why I thought it was him at the restaurant mm. throughout the years, you know. Could be. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe one time he brought, you know. Some mystery one else. <laughs> yes. And then Tyler and Margot's Tyler. It's just pictures of Tyler taking pictures of the food. So clearly they know. <laughs> and then Tyler is kind of like a dick to Margot and is saying she's being a child and being really rude to her. And so she gets pissed and goes up and goes to the bathroom. And we see like the silver door, but Elsa's like, don't worry about the door. Which we never find out what's behind it. Well, that she goes through the silver door in his house. But yeah. I don't imagine the one in the restaurant is exactly the same. It doesn't lead to his living quarters. <laughs> I would or, you know, think so. I like don't know. Well, memorabilia from his past. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. We never get to that specific door. But I think once we get to the house, I have a theory. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. So Margot opens up a window to spoke. And we see a man carrying, they look like giant angel wings. But then uh-huh. we see Slowick enter the bathroom and he's, grilling Mar- uh, Margot, like, why she's barely eating anything. And he's asking her, who are you? And she's like, I'm Margot. I'm Margot Margot. And <laughs> he's, like, kind of being a little bit rude to her. And then she's basically, like, setting up for herself and telling him to, like, get the fuck out of the way. She's not intimidated by him at all. Uh-huh. All right. Fourth course, they're laying out a white tarp and covering it with flowers and branches, Ugh. which is very weird. And this, the second time I watched it, I picked this up. Margo and Slovak kind of make eye contact and he looks like really sad. And <laughs> I'm thinking that he's sad. Like he, this is where it escalates. And he's like, why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. Well, or he's just like, this night is about to get a whole lot worse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, here we go. For some mini sacrifices. <laughs> oh, yeah. They introduced the sous chef, Jeremy. Who this created is the worst the... part. Yeah. This what? is definitely, like, the, the most graphic. <laughs> yeah. The one that's like, oh, by the way. <laughs> this is why you're all good some other things. <laughs> <laughs> but he created the course called The Mess. And he tells us about Jeremy and that he's good, but he's not great. And he's not really going to amount to being great. And then he asked Jeremy if he wants his life. And Jeremy says no. And they, like cheek to cheek each other they don't really kiss but like touch and then jeremy pulls out a gun and shoots himself in the head on the tarp and everyone's like screaming and it's like oh my god what's happening <laughs> and then they just serve the meal <laughs> like Which nothing is happened the least appetizing thing you could possibly eat yes. after that <laughs> yes so this i think ties in to the next course which is i think is the catherine course the one's course but we'll kind of talk about it then but Basically, it's just pressure-cooked vegetables, roasted filet, potato confit, beef chew, and bone marrow. Sounds good, but like very boring. Really rare, rare meat and a big yeah. old bone when you've just seen blood. Shot. Yeah, someone killed themselves and it's very like messy and gross. <laughs> and he basically commands them to eat. <laughs> yeah, he yells at them. He's like, eat! And they're all like panicking, except for Margot. I don't know if you know the stat, but she's not. She's just like, what is happening? Yeah. And Tyler's not at all bothered by what's going on. And we later find out why. Yeah. But the older couple kind of gets up to leave and Elsa lets them know that basically that's not possible. And the husband says, I know, like, don't worry, I'll handle this. And then Elsa asks, with which hand are you going to handle it? And he doesn't really answer. And so she decides for him, left hand, ring finger. And then three guys grab him. And then we see a chef coming from the kitchen and he chop off his ring finger on his left hand with the cleaver. And everyone's and screaming. Like this is also planned. Like they knew someone would eventually try to leave. And oh, yeah. they were planning on chopping off someone's fingers. Because later when someone tries to break through or, you know, escape, mm-hmm. they're like, whatever. Yeah. So they weren't planning on doing it more than once. They were just like, we want to chop off someone's hand- fingers. <laughs> we want to increase Basically. the terror levels of our guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like an escalation <laughs> of some sort. Yeah. And it's very gross. And everyone's screaming except for Tyler, who's still eating. Gross. Um, but Slovak assures them it's all part of the menu it's all part of the menu and then this is where we find out that <laughs> movie star does actually not know Slovak and Felicity's very shocked and the bloom table thinks that this entire why. exactly <laughs> I was like you should know him but what's funny is that the bloom table thinks that everything is just for them she's like I bet you he did this just for us too 
Um, and then we, <laughs> yep. And we find out that Slovak actually texted her to come, so she was invited. They all were. No, I think they all made reservations. Mm-mm. They were all invited, specifically. Oh, because well, I don't know why she made like this point to be like he invited me, he texted me. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's not very explained. It's not explained very well in that aspect of how everyone got there, but. Yeah, but I'm pretty uh, sure they imply that he invited them all because they're um, all there for specific reasons related to him. So that's true. They had to that's true. kind of. <laughs> well, she, yeah, and she's also a narcissist. So she probably thinks that she was the only one personally invited. Yeah. But Elsa says that Slovak wants to see Marco in the kitchen and tells Taylor that he cannot come. And in the kitchen, Slovak says that he's wrong, that she's wrong and continues to ask who she is. She says Marco, but he doesn't believe her. And then he needs to know whether to put her in the kitchen or with the patrons. And that she has five, uh, no, 15 minutes to decide which side she's on. And this is where we find out that everyone's going to die. <laughs> Will you drink the Kool-Aid with the cult or without the cult? <laughs> right. <laughs> and Margaret goes back to the table and slaps Tyler on the face. But he's very unfazed and wants to know what kitchen dish that she got, which she's sort of realizing how horrible he is now. You know what I kind of wish we had throughout this entire movie is hmm. the kitchen staff like weeping while they're making this food because right. they all know what's coming, but they never have any emotion whatsoever. And I just um, wanted like silent all... tears running down their faces, <laughs> you know? No, they think it's the greatest menu. They're all indoctrinated. Well, even if that's like they're, they're crying out of sheer just like, because Joy. they're actually doing this thing that they're like. Right. Oh, joy has been sapped away, so we're going to make this elaborate thing. You'd think it would be like their amazing piece de resistance or something. Right. They would be proud. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know. I think it speaks to the stoic, like how like the joy of everything is sapped out in a fine dining kitchen. I think maybe they're trying to touch on that. How there's no emotions allowed. I feel like we're only a two. A two. That's harder. Yeah, just because so. we're already, <laughs> we still have like half the movie. <laughs> I know there's just so much. Well, let's do a two parter then. Who cares? Okay, perfect. Because I mean, this is where things really start to get crazy. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. Well, we intended to finish this today, but we obviously have way too much to say about it. So yes, this is gonna be a two parter. Hopefully, you'll stick with us and definitely. Don't worry, we'll have a lot more things. Most of my theories are in the second half. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've already this kind is... of mentioned a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And the escalation has just started. So Totally. So come back <laughs> next week yeah. and listen to part two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Join us for the craziness. Thank you for listening. Good night. <laughs> Bye. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at Manners Madness or on Instagram at Manners of Madness Pod, or you can leave a one minute voicemail on our website at mannersofmadness.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you prefer. We also have a donate button on our website, mannersofmadness.com. Yes. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye.